Right, so, to your knowledge, how many jobs are in danger? As the numbers that were given to us, it's 7,400 jobs that are online, and uh, plus minus 3,000 for subcontractors, of which the number could go, grow up to um, uh, 10,000. Mm. And what yes. a, what if, is this a fait accompli? Has it been told to you that this is definitely going to happen in those restructuring processes and jobs are going to be lost? Or are you going to find ways to negotiate? Yes, we will go through the consultation process facilitated by CCMA. Then we'll see as to how many jobs uh, could be saved through those engagements. How do you view uh, yes. the, the engagements uh, will last for sixty days from the date of the from the day of the first meeting. I just wanted to understand from Noom's perspective, you said that uh, in future you're going to oppose all future retrenchments. How do you read the situation? Why does Sabanya find itself in the position that it is? And uh, is it really something that can be helped? The, our, our approach would be to engage the government, the Department of Mineral Resources, uh, for them to intervene in this process. Because the issue of uh, job losses uh, is increasing the already unemployment that is escalating in our country. Therefore, we want to talk to the DMR to come and make some interventions. And then what do you mean by saying that you feel that government is not doing enough to prevent uh, more jobs being lost? We, we, we had a similar case in um, 2016 where one of the Simanye mining operations was was uh, shut down, that is a Zulu. We, we tried as a union to challenge it legally through labor court, labor court to high court, but we could not succeed to interdict their retrenchments. Then the courts referred the matter to DMR to say, look, DMR is the one that must uh, deal with this issue. And up to date, there was um, there was no response from DMR since the judgment. So, Mr. Buddha, how would you then respond to those who say part of the problem in South Africa is the inflexibility of labor, that if labor were willing to give a little, uh, if you weren't putting so much pressure on employers for higher salaries, that uh, there wouldn't be these job losses? Uh, That is not the the way to go because as the unions, whenever we are engaging employers, we put some alternatives on the table. But the the issue most of the time is that the employers chose to not to take those proposals and put them into action. 
So it is not about demanding higher salaries now. We know the history of mine workers that they were the ones, they are the ones who are being paid less uh, to say that they don't have skills, whereas they are producing for the company. So we are saying that they deserve to have more pay so that they can sustain their lives. Thank you so much for speaking to us, Mr. Buddha. Mr. Buddha is, uh, Kenneth Buddha is NUM Mining House Charter Coordinator uh, at Spanier Gold. We're now on the line to Spanier Gold spokesperson, James Wallstead. A very good afternoon to you, Mr. Wallstead, and thank you so much for speaking to us. Afternoon and afternoon to your listeners. So you say as a company that... Uh, this is not a decision that's been taken lightly. Uh, you're looking at the long-term sustainability of the group. So what have been the push-pull factors that brought you to this point? Well, I mean, these operations have been making losses for some time. Uh, both of the operations that are, are under review at the moment uh, have been through a series of restructurings. Uh, starting in 2013, uh, we issued a Section 189 at, at Beatrix Hall, or Beatrix West, when we had a fire, um, underground fire at that operation. And in that instance, we managed to save most of the jobs and we managed to extend the life of the operation through the Section 189 consultation with uh, our stakeholders, including the unions. Um, Cook has been making losses for some time. Uh, we again have been through two rounds of Section 189s at, at Cook, uh, ultimately which uh, resulted in uh, the closure of, of Cook 4 last year, at the end of last year, um, even though we had tried together with the unions and other stakeholders to implement measures to address the uh, uh, losses that we are experiencing. Um, and as a result of that, and through the course of this year, um, we've again tried uh, other interventions which haven't been successful, and we've got to the point now where if we continue to sustain losses at these operations, it puts the uh, other operations in the group at risk. And obviously, losses being sustained at these operations, that is cash flow that could be applied to more sustainable operations and, and ensure jobs in the longer term uh, at other group operations. And are these going to be job losses at all levels? Yes. So we look at, obviously, um, potentially, uh, you know, depending, obviously, on the consultation process and what alternatives uh, we, we manage to come to with uh, uh, our stakeholders. Uh, but yes, it would involve the closure of potentially the closure of Cook and the closure of the Beatrix West mine, and that would involve all levels. And then that would also have a knock-on impact on uh, the services levels um, uh, that provide uh, essential services to those operations. So you talk about the known and unknown risks and uncertainties and other factors that you feel are beyond your control. So how then do you plan for these strategies? What do you have in mind while you're um, restructuring? Um, you know, we, we plan obviously operationally for profits for, at our operations in order to ensure that we can invest uh, sufficient capital to, to maintain and sustain these operations into the future. Um, when we, what we don't have control over, obviously, is to a certain extent, is the gold price and the rand, which have been uh, severely negative uh, factors this year. Obviously, costs, um, you know, wages being a large portion of those. Um, electricity is now a major 
components of our costs. And obviously, uh, Eskom has been hiking rates at above inflation levels for many years now, and that's had a big impact on the mines. Um, but then also we have other additional factors like un- unplanned stoppages. Um, recently at Cook, for instance, we had a three-week strike uh, which was linked to illegal mining activity. We arrested over 600 illegal miners at Cook during that period. And all of these things have impacted on the productivity of the operations and obviously the profitability of the operations. And uh, I know you're still in negotiations with the unions, but when do you have to make that decision on whether or not you're going to cut job losses? And Noom, they're saying that this could possibly even be uh, up to 10,000 people being forced to subcontract. Yeah, so, I mean, the previous um, engagements we've had, I mean, at at Beatrix, ultimately the retrenchments potentially were 2,100 people. I think we ended up retrenching uh, less than 60 people. That was in 2013. Uh, At Cook, actually, we ended up with virtually no retrenchments uh, last year. We managed to accommodate people uh, in positions elsewhere in the group, and then also a lot of people take what they call voluntary separation packages. So as much as we can, we try to mitigate uh, the impact on, on obviously the employees and, and the, the local economy. Um, but as I say, I mean, the, the losses we're experiencing threaten the sustainability of our business and our ability to employ in the long term. So we'll go into the 60-day stipulated engagement period or consultation period with stakeholders under Section 189 of the Labor Act. Uh, and, uh, you know, once that has been concluded, this is under the auspices of the CCMA, if we can't find any solutions between ourselves uh, to limit retrenchments or to uh, okay. ensure the ongoing operations, uh, we will have to obviously consider closure. Thank you very much, James Walstead, Spanier Gold's person.